turbulent times call for clear-headed insight. That's hard to come by these days, especially on TV. That's where we come in. Salem News Channel has the greatest collection of conservative minds all in one place. People you know and trust, like Dennis Prager, Eric Metaxas, Charlie Kirk, and more. Unfiltered, unapologetic truth. Find what you're searching for at snc.tv and on Local Now Channel Alright, let's get to it on a Thursday. It's just yours truly uh, during this morning. And we've got a lot to uh, uh, discuss about what's going on. Uh, you probably have heard, because I, uh, I've i been listening to news around the nation as I drove in, and one of the big stories that they're covering right now is the story that's coming out uh, of Texas. And that's dealing with abortion. And in Texas, they had a law that said uh, after six weeks, when you can detect a heartbeat of a unborn child, you can't, you know, perform an abortion on uh, the female that's carrying that baby. And by a 5-4 vote, uh, the Supreme Court... Uh, just yesterday uh, looked at that and said that, uh, you know, they're not going to stop the law from going into effect. Uh, John Roberts, the chief justice, voted with the liberals, votes in favor of allowing the bill protecting unborn babies with detectable hearts to be enforced Uh you know, was was held as it could be uh, held as law. Uh, looking at some what some people have said, Alexandra DeSantis notes, quote, the outraged reaction from abortion supporters to the Texas laws being allowed to take effect is a helpful insight into what we might expect to witness if the court does its job and reverses the decades of legal insanity uh, that's been propping up the shambles of uh, Roe v. Wade. Uh, The National Review, in a a story uh, yesterday, uh, they said that this is the preview of what's going to happen. Let me just read the first couple of uh, paragraphs for you here so that when you get around a water cooler or wherever you, you know, talk with people when you go to business and about what's, uh, what's happening, here's uh, what it says. And abortion rights supporters are outraged over the fact that the Texas heartbeat bill or act took effect at midnight because the Supreme Court has yet to act on an emergency petition from abortion providers demanding that the court block the law. The bipartisan statute prevents state officials 
from enforcing the law and instead grants private citizens the right to sue someone who helps a woman obtain an abortion, including the abortionist. On bench memos yesterday afternoon, Ed Whelan had an excellent summary of the bill and the legal challenge in which he makes the important point that the abortion providers challenging the statute, quote, are trying to game the court to rule on issues that, because of their own litigation strategy, no lower court has even addressed. In other words, abortion providers are seeking an advisory opinion in the case that should have been dismissed at the outset for absence of a live controversy. Despite what some panicked abortion supporters have argued, the absence of court action on the Texas law is not evidence that a majority of the justices are poised to strike down Roe v. Wade in the upcoming Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization to be heard next term. That's going to be a huge, and I do mean huge, case. In reality, this outcome is a product of the legal strategy the abortion providers pursued, waiting to challenge the Texas statute and then rushing to the Supreme Court at the 11th hour. But the outraged reaction from abortion supporters to the Texas laws being allowed to take effect is a helpful insight into what we can expect to witness if the court does its job and reverses the decades of legal uh, uh, insanity propping up the shambles of Roe. In an email this morning, fundraising off the emergency in Texas, Planned Parenthood described the present situation like this. Someone will find out they're pregnant and they'll know that abortion is the right choice for them. All right, that's Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood saying that abortion is a right choice. Abortion's never a right choice. It's killing a human being. That's exactly what it is. You can't get around it. The science says that what the mother is carrying is a human being. It's not a lump of coal. It's not uh, some kind of, uh, you know, vegetable. Uh, it, and, uh, it, it's a human being. And if it's a human being, you shouldn't be able to kill it. Uh, it says here, they'll know that abortion is the right choice for them. They may only be six or seven weeks pregnant pretty early to find out. But when they go to schedule an appointment with an abortion provider, it will already be too late. Because starting today, the majority of people in Texas seeking an abortion will be denied the care. Is it care? You got to ask that question. Is it care? They need, because the politicians trying to control their bodies and their personal decisions. Here, this is, this is the part of the argument that, of course, uh, is where a lot of the argument lies. And that is, they say their body. Is it their body that is going to be, you know, destroyed? And the answer is not their body. 
it is another human being entirely that is going to be uh, have its life snuffed out. So um, this whole thing about controlling your bodies is controlling your bodies happens before you get pregnant. It's that simple. It goes for the guy as well as it goes for the girl. It takes a man, as far as I know, as well, to donate the sperm to make an, a pregnancy happen. And uh, their personal decisions. You know, I want you just to think what happens if we take into consideration in every murder trial that somebody uh, is, uh, you know, brought up to be tried for uh, for murder, that we use those two things there uh, and put in personal decision. The, kill, the killer just, in their own personal decision, thought that the person that they killed, no big deal. I've not understood how anybody can say in a pregnancy that an unborn child is not a person. We know through medical science that they are a person. And then go on this article in National Review, of course, the care they need here refers to a procedure that intentionally ends the life of an unborn child And rather than controlling people's bodies and decisions, politicians are seeking to regulate a procedure that, again, intentionally ends the life of an unborn child. That Planned Parenthood disguises this reality in euphorisms is, as ever, especially telling. Meanwhile, the fundraising plea from the American Civil Liberties Union this morning Insists, insists that the effects of the Texas law will be immediate and devastating. Quote, this extreme and blatantly unconstitutional law bans abortions at six weeks before many people even know that they're pregnant, but there's more. The law also actively encourages private citizens to act as bounty hunters by awarding them at least $10,000 if they successfully sue another person for providing an abortion or assisting someone who gets one at around six weeks of pregnancy. Contrary to this rhetoric, it's important to note that the law in Texas imposes no criminal penalties and none of its civil provisions apply to a woman who seeks or obtains an abortion after a fetal heartbeat can be detected. But that fact is impossible to locate among the nearly uh, thousands of stories in media coverage, let alone in the rhetoric of any abortion rights group. Also of interest is that abortion advocacy groups and activists have very obviously and with much linguistic difficulty begun avoiding the word woman. Woman's been taken out of this stuff. Planned Parenthood says Someone will find out they're pregnant and people in Texas seeking an abortion. They get all tied up now in the the transsexual views of all of this, too. The ACLU says assisting someone who gets an abortion. Rewire editor Amani Gandhi says 
there are pregnant people who have abortions scheduled who now are going to be forced to carry pregnancies to term. They've really gone nuts over on the left side. Okay, they really have. If you're trying to get an abortion, you're a woman. Only women can get pregnant. Now, you can do all kinds of semantics and all kinds of euphorisms and try to and try to uh, uh, change the view of everybody by using a uh, just descriptor of the person who's pregnant. Well, who's the person who gets pregnant? It's the woman. I, I said before you, if there, it's a man who or a woman who says she's a man, it still doesn't change the fact that it is a woman who is getting pregnant, not a man. So uh, I, I just think it's uh, interesting that they go out of the way to be uh, able to uh, get away from having to say a woman is the one that's carrying the child. There was a time not very long ago when abortion advocates would have relished deploying the word woman in these circumstances. Recall the success of the war on women rhetoric. I mean, we don't have to go very far back to get on that. This is a war on women. Now it's just a war on someone carrying a child. Generalities because they can't deal with the whole transgender thing and see how ridiculous as it is to see a, to say that a man is pregnant and going to have a child. Bizarre. All right. Don't forget about uh, Pat Davis. If he needs health insurance, Pat Davis is the guy to go to. He'll take good care of you. He's going to save you money, number one. That's the first thing he's going to do. He's going to save you 30 to 50% on whatever health insurance you have right now. Uh, he's going to give you a health insurance that's really good for you if you happen to be self-employed. Because this is actual health insurance and not a share plan. The health insurance that you'll get is from any provider in the nation. Blue Cross, Blue Shield, Aetna, all the rest of them. Uh, there are no copays. You go see the doctor, you're not going to pay first before uh, they'll, they'll see you. You don't have to pay a copay. And if there's any excess money, it's going to go to you and not to the insurance company. You get uh, that override uh, if it's available. These are the things that Pat Davis will explain to you. All you need to do is call him and talk to him and let him walk you through this. I mean, they have made health insurance as confusing as they possibly can, but Pat can cut through the confusion, cut through the fog and the smoke and the mirrors, and help you see it clearly. Give them a call, 501-605-6935. That's 501-605-6935, or visit him online to yourhealthplanman.com. So we're going to be watching... uh, this uh, Texas law that's going on, but don't forget that the bigger story is what uh, the court has decided to hear uh, next year, which is is really going is going to be a, a full frontal attack on uh, Roe v. Wade, and we'll see uh, at that time if the Supreme Court uh, will overturn 
that particular law. Uh, we know now where it looks like uh, Roberts is standing. He looks like he's going to stand on the side of keeping the status uh, quo. Uh, and if you've been paying attention to the chief justice, he tries to stay out of anything that seems to be, um, you know, people getting upset about. He doesn't want to do that. I mean, uh, he was the man who kept uh, Obamacare going. But uh, be watching for Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, which is going to be held next term. Let me give you that again. Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization. And this is going to be uh, directly getting into uh, Roe v. Wade. Uh, does a woman have a right to take a, take the life of uh, an unborn human being that that's going to be uh, what is going to be discussed during that uh, during that that case the president is taking it on the chin to say the least dealing uh, with uh, what's going on from over in afghanistan he is really really getting hurt in the polls right now uh job approval ratings are not good for him uh as you look at uh, what they're what they're sta- uh, they're saying, uh, this is why um, I think Republicans and conservatives and independents against Biden are excited about the twenty twenty two election today. If you look at uh, the overall ratings, uh, the president now fifty percent disapprove of him and forty two percent approve of him if you look at these uh, that that all response the big one is going to be in some of these subgroups uh that they broke out uh, for us to uh, look at let me give you a couple of things that are kind of interesting i don't understand why this is the way it is except if you admit that the democratic party has gone completely uh, crazy and gone to the left because when you look at the ones that approve of Biden it's at 85% now 6% disapprove and 10% neither approve or disapprove so you got about 16% out there that are either shrugging your shoulders or saying guys nuts uh, but 85% of uh, Democrats are still firmly behind this president even after what we've seen over the last few weeks dealing in afghanistan even after we've seen what's going on on the southern border even after we've seen inflation uh flexing its muscles uh republicans 94 percent disapprove three percent still approve i question if they're even republicans and uh, 2% neither approve or disapprove. Now, the big one is independence. Where are independents falling on this president? The disapprove number now is at 58% disapprove of Biden. 31% approve. 11% neither approve nor disapprove. And if you look at by race... 
black or African Americans, those who approve are at 77%. When Biden went into office, that was in the low 90s. Hispanic Latino, and this shows you that uh, the Democratic Party has lost a lot of support in the Latino community. Only 55% approve of uh, the president. If you go back to the, uh, you know, approval or disapproval overall, 42% approve. So it's like only 13% cha- uh, you know, differential there, where normally that would be in a 30 or 40% change when you looked at In fact, if you had looked at the Democrat numbers and looked at the Latino numbers, uh, they would pretty much be very close to being the same, but not anymore, which says the Democrats know that they've lost not only support amongst white voters and conservative voters, uh, but they've lost a lot of support amongst African-Americans and Latino. More when we get back, but news right now. We're going to dig a little bit further into these uh, poll numbers because the uh, drop uh, in President Biden's numbers is not just because of the Afghani war. Don't forget about uh, our friends at PI Roofing. PI Roofing is the number one roofing company in the area. I highly recommend them to you. That's the only people that have touched my roof of my home uh, since I've lived there for 18 years. Uh, they put a new roof on my uh, uh, my house. So about, I guess it's uh, 15 years ago. See, a lot of water has gone on to the bridge. I'm, I'm not really exactly sure. It's been a long time, though, I'll tell you that. Uh, it was after a hailstorm, and I don't remember any big hailstorms, anything recent here in the, the central Arkansas area. But uh, they came in and uh, went up on the roof, checked it out. Sure enough, they said, you got hail damage, Dave. They got with my insurance company. I didn't even have to call them and tell them who it was. They identified them. They called them. They got their appraiser out to the house, and they met them there, and they went up and took care of everything. I mean, seriously, I didn't have much to say about anything. Uh, they they got with the appraiser and got everything taken care of. I, played, I paid my deductible. They got to work. Uh, they came out. The, the crew did a great job. Uh, we did have a problem with uh, the felt. They had to go back in, take the shingles off, take the felt off, replace the felt, but put new shingles on. No charge to me. It was a mistake. They uh, They fixed it. And they they took it on the chin for it. So uh, this is what uh, PI Roofing is good about, and uh, they get the job done, and they get a job uh, the job done right. And getting it done right means that after it's over, they clean up completely uh, with the job. You know, they get rid of the paper and all of that, but they go around and pick up all the miscellaneous nails uh, that have flown off of the roof while they're you know, nailing those uh, shingles down and things. So I would highly recommend that you talk to them. 707-3551. 707-3551 is their number. Give them a call. They'll set up a time. They'll come out. They'll tell you what it's going to run you. 
and you're going to find that they do a fantastic job. That's PI Roofing. Find them on the web as well on piroofing.com. All right, let's uh, take a look at some of the things that are being said about Biden. In the, in the past few weeks, President Biden's job approval rating has dropped quickly, and uh, his disapproval rating has risen sharply amid concerns surrounding the Delta variant of the coronavirus, the associated economic fallout from the pandemic, and the ongoing withdrawal of American troops from Afghanistan. So three, you've got three things there. Uh, you've got the Delta variant of uh, coronavirus and people getting sick again and, and people dying again and uh, people saying, uh, you know, that, that this makes things bad uh, for the president. You know, when uh, he got started and you got, he was able to say, look what I did. I got you. I got you a vaccine. No, he didn't. Operation Warp Speed was President Trump's uh, uh, idea, and they made it. Uh, they made it happen. So uh, you know, Biden was able to walk into that, and it helped him at the very beginning. But when the variant came up, and uh, we knew that we weren't. That the end of the tunnel, the light at the end of the tunnel wasn't, uh, you know, the end of the tunnel. There was this variant down there that was that was going to whack us as well. And by the way, uh, what has happened with the variant is nowhere near what has happened uh, with the uh, uh, with the coronavirus itself. If you go back and look at the numbers uh, when the virus first unleashed and uh, at least in the look at the variant, uh, they're significantly lower now than they were then. Now, that doesn't make things better for people who have family members in the hospital or uh, friends in the hospital that have uh, the Delta variant. I understand that. I've got a son that's in the hospital right now, been in there for a month fighting uh, the, the coronavirus. I will say this. I've told everyone of my children to get vaccinated all right i told them to get vaccinated only a few did not and the ones that did not are the sickest amongst my family members just i'm just being honest with you giving it to you and i know there's a lot of you who don't believe in the the vaccine a lot of you who uh, have decided not to take the vaccine and that's your decision and that is your right to make that decision. I've not said that the federal government should be dragging you to a hospital and sticking a needle in your arm. But I think that the better decision is to take uh, take the, the vaccine. But that's one of the things that has caused the problems uh, for the president. The second thing is the associated economic fallout from the pandemic. And there's a few things uh, that are going on here that it is hurting things. There's 10 million jobs available. There's seven and a half million people that are unemployed right now. And a lot of those people don't want to go get a job. And it's, I don't think it's because the pay is terrible. I just saw where Walgreens says that their uh, uh, minimum wage now is going to be $15 an hour. 
I mean, I think if you're stock, stocking shelves or you're checking out or whatever job you're doing within, uh, you know, Walgreens or, you know, one of the grocery stores or whatever, $15 to do that is pretty doggone good money. I can tell you, uh, be why that it was not that way until just recently. Now, people are learning quickly that if wages go up the way that they're going up and falsely going up, they're being forced to do this, most uh, businesses, then what you're seeing is inflation is that the money that you're making, and let's say you're making more money, but the money that you're making buys less at the store. I don't know how many of you have been going grocery shopping lately, but everything's going up. Not cheap. Milk's going up. Eggs going up. Uh, you know, the cereal's gone up. Produce has jumped significantly. You remember when you used to go buy cucumbers, buy three of them for a buck? Try to do that now. It's You can't do it. They're like uh, 70 cents a piece. Uh, they just keep on going. I just have to know that because I love cucumbers. Just so you know, I peel cucumbers and throw them in a plastic gallon bag, put them in the refrigerator. And when I want a snack, I snack on cucumbers. So I, I, I like them a lot. have always liked them. And uh, that's just the way it is. I mean, avocados have jumped up considerably. So I'm not eating as much guacamole as I used to. Because I love guacamole. I, that's something I've learned to love. Put it on sandwiches and everything. Uh, put uh, you know I get I go out there and get my fruits and whatever and get a spoon and uh, dip it out of it and I'll spread it on a piece of bread a big piece of toast and have it in the morning have some avocado toast I like it a lot I think it tastes really good so it costs me more though to to eat that than it did before so article I read from uh, Forbes couple of weeks ago i shared some of that with you said that in the first six months of uh, biden's presidency the raises that you have been given have been wiped out by the uh, amount of of inflation that has come about because of his economic policies you cannot flood the economy with trillions of dollars and expect that prices are going to stay the same. They just will not do it. It will not happen. Inflation will get up, and we've been seeing inflation in some cases as high as 10% in some months. So keep that in mind. I mean, I, I don't think that it was by chance that uh, the vice president said, do your Christmas shopping now. She was just being honest. Uh, cost and then uh, last uh, but not least uh, the thing with Afghanistan and uh, the the withdrawal and it's not the withdrawal in and of itself I think most Americans were ready for us to draw down significantly in Afghanistan now I'm one of those people that believe that we should keep a small contingency there in Afghanistan uh, to keep uh, the terrorists at bay uh, that we don't want that to become another haven 
uh, for terrorism. Uh, although I will admit to the people who bring this up to me that they've got a point in saying that you can do the, your warring from the sky with, you know, the predators uh, up there, the drones that you have. So, you know, keep that in mind. But the bottom line is they didn't like the way it was done. It was done uh, in a capricious manner. Uh, 13 service people lost their lives because of the manner it was going on. I don't know if you saw the story yesterday, uh, but uh, evidently uh, the president's higher-ups in the military not only knew that it was an imminent attack, but they knew who was going to do it, and they knew where they were located at, but they waited. They didn't strike. They didn't destroy them. They uh, wanted to make sure that uh, the uh, uh, talks they had going on with the Taliban weren't in any way jeopardized. So I have some real problems with that, that we allowed 13 members uh, to be killed. And luckily, it was only 13 members. It could have been a lot more. I mean, a lot more. All right, we'll get a break in. We'll come back. I'll finish this story up about uh, Biden and what I'm reading from the major uh, people out there, Real Clear Politics uh, and others, is that uh, buyer's remorse has set in for voters uh, from uh, last year. Let's, uh, this year, early this year. Uh, let's talk about that some more when we come back. I want to remind you about Cabot Emergency Hospital. Uh, they are ready to uh, take on and help you. They have really gone into COVID uh, help uh, and you you feel like you get COVID, you want to be tested, they do the tests now uh, and have been at Cabot Emergency Hospital. They have people who are trained well to help you with the symptoms of COVID, um, you know, the, the shortness of breath, uh, this, the terrible feelings that uh, you have with your body, and uh, they can help you out with that. In fact, a lady that was at the Lone Oak uh, Republican Party meeting the other night uh, who had COVID said that uh, she really thought that Cabot Emergency Hospital saved her life with uh, their intervening measures that they did when she came down with COVID. So think about them. You don't have to come all the way to Little Rock or North Little Rock. You can uh, stay right where you're at if you're in the Cabot, Ward, Austin, uh, BB area, up in Jacksonville even. You can go right to Cabot Emergency Hospital and get there quickly, not have to wait for a long time because your emergency matters. You want to be seen. They'll see you. They'll treat you. And then uh, either they're going to let you go and you go home or they're going to say, you know, you really do have a heart attack happening. We've got to get you to a hospital. Uh, and they, you know, where they've got cardiologists and things of that nature and they'll get you in an ambulance and get you there. But that's at the Cabot Emergency Hospital. All right, only one poll, and that's Rasmussen, uh, has asked the question about Biden and whether he should step down from office because of what's happened in Afghanistan. Uh, The U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan was so badly handled that President Joe Biden should resign because of it according to a majority of voters from Rasmussen. However, most don't think that Vice President Kamala Harris is qualified 
to replace Biden if he leaves office. I mean, we really are stuck between a rock and a hard place. Biden is an abysmal failure, and uh, he's just doing a terrible job. And you would like to get get rid of him. But if you get rid of him, who comes in and takes his place? And it's Kamala Harris. Do you think that she's ready to be president of the United States? I don't. I would agree with the majority of these people in this, this poll from Rasmussen. Uh, Rasmussen reports national telephone and online survey, uh, survey finds that 52% of likely U.S. voters believe Biden should resign because of the way the U.S. withdrawal from Afghanistan was handled. 39% disagree and 9% are not sure, but a, a high majority of uh, voters do not believe that Kamala Harris is ready to take over in the uh, Oval Office. So, And then after her, who do you got? You got Pelosi. I mean, the way it's lined up right now, you say, stay with the devil you know. That's what I've always said. You know, you, you know what's going to come out of, uh, you know, from uh, President Biden, basically. Yeah. Uh, I I only see worse things coming out of Harris, and it would be insanity if Pelosi uh, was in the the Oval Office, to say the the least. Although if Harris did go to the uh, Oval Office, uh, then you know the uh, the elected officials are going to pick a a vice president. Uh, that's you know that's the way it went with, of course. Uh, you know, Nixon, when Ford took over. So you just got you got to consider that we could probably forestall uh, Speaker Pelosi from getting in there. But 22 is going to be an interesting time as far as, uh, you know, the election goes. Uh, because in blue states, Biden is underwater there as well. And that's not good. Uh for the people who are running for re-election, if the commander-in-chief happens to be from their party and he's underwater because that means he'll have no coattails and if he has, or if he does have coattails, they're not coattails that are pulling you up, they're coattails that are pulling you down. So I, I that's why I think, you know, Kevin McCarthy and some of the others uh, on the Republican side are feeling... Uh, you know, feeling their 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 weedies, so to speak, right now about twenty two. But let me remind them, as I remind everybody, when it comes to politics, things can change so very quickly, and we're over a year away uh, from the election. So, um, as my daddy would have said, don't count your chickens before the eggs are hatched. You be sure that you keep working hard. You keep working hard and don't take anything for granted. And I would agree with it. I mean, something could happen, make the Republicans look bad. You know, they could uh, they could do something dumb. They've done it before. Uh, so keep keep that in mind. Just just keep that in mind. And it means that you have to continue uh, to be. Uh, working within the campaign that's coming up 
to uh, make sure that the people that you feel should be in power uh, should be in power uh, by uh, getting them there. They, people don't get elected just on their own. It just doesn't happen. Uh, there's a lot of people. They've got to get a lot of people fired up and ready to go. And if they don't, if they cannot, uh, it can turn into a debacle as well as it can uh, turn into a great victory uh, evening. So you want to keep that uh, as well. Now, the Democrats yesterday, this is the last thing I wanted to bring up to you, blocked an amendment to stop sending U.S. cash uh, to the to the Taliban. I mean, seriously, that's exactly, uh, you know, that's what that's that's what they did. Uh, Jim Banks was talking about this state representative. Uh, uh, yeah, Congressional Representative Jim Banks says, I submitted an amendment today that would stop our dollars from going to the Taliban. But just a little while ago, we got word that the Democrats blocked it. And the only reason why Democrats would do that, they have future plans to send them aid. I mean, if, if you're wanting to make sure money can still get to the Taliban, then there's got to be a reason why. And you want to make sure if you're going to send uh, aid uh, that that those uh, routes for getting that aid over to uh, Taliban in Afghanistan uh, is uh, is open. I mean, you listen to Millie and you listen to some others that have all the stars on their on their uh, collar. And by the way, the number of stars on your column uh, collar does not translate into smarts. Uh, that has been proven more than one time. Just know that uh, they're looking at the Taliban and saying, well, I think we can work with them. Okay, so let's get this straight. You were just up in the mountains fighting these people. Tooth and nail. Now you're not in the mountains fighting them and you think that they're the best thing since canned beer. Weird. Just weird thoughts as far as that's concerned. So uh, Banks, by the way, a veteran who fought in Afghanistan. That wraps it up. First hour, we'll be talking with uh, Joe and Duck here in just a few moments about cars. We want to get to that. Your car is an important part of your life. That's why we do it each week here on the Dave Ellswick Show. city You're getting rain 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 there right now because of the remnants of ida have you seen the pictures of the the subway oh my god you couldn't even get in the subway you have to take a shower yeah i mean yeah. a heavy shower look at it bubbling up out of the ground amazing yeah that's that's crazy that's ah, they crazy. need a little rain up there they got a little rain they had a lot more than a little rain they had 10 inches in places in new york city and you know that they're not ready to handle that kind of water in those uh, 
uh, big, uh, what do they got, what do they call storm, you know, sewer things going mm-hmm. on there. Nine people killed in the Northeast right now because of the flooding. That's, that's amazing. Did you hear about uh, there in, where was it? I think North Carolina, the guy that went to go find help and he didn't come back and they found him and an alligator got him in the street. Mm-mm. Alligator was out, you know, the banks, of course, overflowed, mm-hmm. was out and about. And he uh, was hungry. Yeah, well, he found himself a meal. <laughs> and that, guy's, that guy's dead. Not good. I'm glad that we now if you get down further south here you in get Arkansas, down around you, you some. can get into some of the, the you know alligators down there because I've been I've gone with the uh, the folks at uh, uh, what is it a- AFC or whatever Arkansas fishing game uh, AFC I, w- I went with them I went alligator hunting a couple of years in a row pretty interesting going out to catch them all right let's talk about uh, Gracie. She's our first person that we've got here. 1997 Jeep Grand Cherokee Laredo six-cylinder, four-liter engine. You know, I see people who've got this, who've got cars that are in the late 90s, and they're driving them on their vacations and stuff. I'm feeling pretty good about taking my car on vacation, to be honest with you now. Uh, How much damage does hooking up a battery backwards do? Well, that's a big. That's a that's a wide open question. Oh, it's right the there. next line that's going to get okay. you. Okay, so my Jeep died and wouldn't start back up one day. Changed a few parts, went to swap the battery out, and long story short, I was a few beers deep. <laughs> it was dark, and when I put the new battery in, I accidentally hooked it up backwards. When it started sparking, I realized what I'd done and got it back out. But the next day, my boyfriend tried to hook up the original battery the right way, and it started sparking and smoking from the positive terminal and the wires running from the fuse box to the alternator. When I saw it, I made him get the battery back out of it, but it must have sat there and smoked for a good 10 seconds before I saw saw what was going on. I cut into the wire, hoping maybe I just needed to replace the fuse link, but I found the wire itself was fried, and not just the link. Also, I found out the computer was the original problem. So my question is exactly how much damage did I do? Is it just a burnt wire, an alternator, or is it uh, the car is totally fried? Let me go with that very first question. How much damage does hooking up a battery backwards do? And the answer is a lot. Yes. Yeah, it does. And 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 I, I don't know that she hooked it up backwards the first time. Yeah. Because uh, if you have the key turned on and you hook that thing up, you're going to have a little bit of arcing and sparking, yeah. aren't you? Well, it's going to have a little bit of spark anyway because yeah. it's pulling nine volts. Yeah. And and I think the second one, because she said the cable running from the battery over to the alternators melted, that was hooked up backwards for sure. Yeah, I think the second time is when it got hooked up backwards. I do, too. And it let all the magic smoke out of everything. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, you don't want to lose all the magic smoke. Can't put it back in if it, if it gets out. And sure. it's a 97, so yeah. there's no telling what it got. Yeah, it's going to be. I mean, no telling. Alternator and the wiring fixed to that and probably a... Uh, ECM. ECM, yeah. Yep. Going to have to have an ECM. 
and whatever fuse links and stuff like yeah. that for starters and then see what else works and what don't work and go from there yeah see what else it fried mm-hmm. and it could have got i mean it's a bunch of stuff it could have got you know this is one of them i'm looking and saying that life made a decision for you no you're gonna need a wait new a car wait a minute Dave. Part right what? there i was a few beers deep made the decision <laughs> that's what happened. a few beers deep that's right yeah man. that's probably not the time to take on work on your car you might make a bad decision uh, yeah, it's like that old saying hold my beer and watch this yeah yeah it's, yeah they watched it all right yeah. All right. They so, watch that magic smoke come out. Yeah, just know that what happened here is very avoidable. And, uh, you know, changing batteries is not the easy deal that it used to be. No, there's some in the trunks. There's some you got to pull the inner fenders out. I mean, you know, it's uh, sometimes. Sometimes it's hard, it's hard to tell which side is the plus and which side is the negative, isn't it? Oh, yeah. It's, you know, it, and sometimes they put them in a place where you can't really see them good. You know, you, you're mainly more feel than you are, you know, trying to see it. All right, so if you're taking a battery out, should you unhook, A, the negative cable, B, the positive cable, C, doesn't matter? If you know what you're doing, it don't really matter. All right. All right. That's what I would have said. Mm-hmm. But if somebody don't know, you, you're, the protocol is you unhook the negative cable, then unhook the positive, put it back in, put the positive on, then hook the negative up. Mm-hmm. Okay, so when, the protocol. You, when you take it off, take it off negative <laughs> first. When you put it back on, put it on positive first. Yes, mm-hmm. then you put, you've always put the negative the last post on. And don't do like I used to do when I was a stupid young kid and take the cables and start touching them together and stuff and to see how far you could shoot sparks. Yeah, you won't run very far. <laughs> Not anymore. Not they, anymore. They tell you on these new vehicles, do not jump nobody off with them, because you could fry all kind of stuff. Yeah, it's not good. There's a lot to be said for today's cars versus the old cars and the old school tests. Yes. You know, you can't uh, check an alternator by taking the battery cable off a late model to see if it's charging. charging. If you take a negative cable off, the engine's going to die, because you've took the ground away from the PCM. Yep. And it's what's controlling everything. That's it. So you don't need to be doing that. Those low voltage drops on computers are not good. No, it tends to let the smoke out of them sometimes. And today's batteries, when you put a battery in a late model car, you need to put back the exact OEM OEM battery replacement, cold cranking amps, size, everything. Because these cars today, the computer that runs the vehicle, the ECM or PCM, controls the charging circuit on the alternator and they do that with amp clamps that are on the battery cables and the feedback from that battery and that actually learns that <coughs> and and if you don't put back the right battery if it's too big for the car or too small for the car it's going to overcharge it or undercharge it and that is very important a lot of cars today late model when you replace the battery you got to go in there with a scanner and initialize it and tell it that you've done that yes so it starts relearning that battery again it gets off that old weak battery gets on that new good battery because they don't want the alternator charging they want it to charge as little as possible to keep that battery up so you get better fuel economy right yeah, it's all fuel economy you know it's kind of like the ac compressor you know it'll turn itself off and on 
when it don't need it. Right. And it's it's done for a reason to make the fuel economy come up. You know, they've got the economy so high on these new vehicles that there ain't no way they're gonna they're gonna ever get it there. Not without doing a whole bunch of other stuff. It's and Joe, you know yourself, these new vehicles, none of them have no fan on the front of the engine. Hmm. They're all got electric coolant fans because they don't want the pull of the fan on the engine. Yeah, if you remember in the day, used to have a big fan typically right in front of the radiator, mm-hmm. and uh, the belt ran over to something. Yeah, pulled it off the crankshaft. Car, yeah, and it was being pulled, and it ran all the time if you were going down the highway or you're sitting still, it was still turning it. You don't have that anymore. No. Now and those fans are little. Fan. Yeah. They're little tiny fans well, now. You, you take a front-wheel drive, most of them have two, and some of them have three now, you yep. know. Um, so, you know, but you just think you got that 18-inch round fan up there and the clutch turns it on, how much, how many horsepower it takes to pull that fan. It takes about two and a half horsepower to pull a big fan. Where the electric fan, it don't have no drag on the engine. Okay, so if you're losing power, <laughs> that means you're losing fuel economy. Yes, and if yes. you're losing fuel economy, you can't make those cafe standards. No. And we went from a compressor this long to a compressor this long now on them. Okay, well, the compre- he just... I say compressor. He just we went he from gave a, us about a foot and a half to about to a little down, under a down foot. Down to six, seven inches. Now, yeah. You said something about AC compressor a minute ago. Some of these compressors today don't have the electromagnetic clutch on the front of them that pulls the clutch no. in and out. It continuously runs all the time. And the way they control that is because it's got a variable vein compressor, which means electronically they can tighten that vein up and make it pump harder. They can loosen that vein up and it'll pump less. Yeah. That way it doesn't drag on the engine and reduce your fuel economy. So there's a, there's a lot of things today that we're doing with cars that 10 years ago was never done. Yeah, and they wouldn't even thought about. That's right. Well, it might have been thought about, but. They couldn't figure out how to make it operate. That's correct. They worked on get it get it efficient and make it where it would be durable and last. Because it all goes through the ECM and and the body control module is what controls all that and turns it off and on and raises it up and down. And you got cars nowadays. If the thermostat is not opening all the way up, it'll set a code. It'll throw a code up and tell you, hey, your thermostat's either wide open. Or it's not opening enough, and you can go in, look, and check it. And because of the thermostat's not doing what it's supposed to do, it's going to not let your engine work well, at its most efficient. A little bit about the today's thermostat. It's not the same thermostat it was years ago. No. If if a car comes in to my shop or Doug's shop or one of the CSCs, bumper-to-bumper CSCs, and it's got a engine coolant temp below threshold code in it, that's because the thermostat's stuck open. Yes. And it's engine warm-up. But that's a fail-safe thermostat. Means that that thermostat at one time or another, most likely the engine got a little bit too hot. And when it gets too hot, it locks that thermostat open. Won't let it close all the way, so... Keeps from burning the motor up. It keeps from getting the engine overheated again. Lets it run cooler. So when we get one like that, we're very particular about inspecting that vehicle to make sure and we talk to the customer have you been having to add coolant to this yep are we looking for a leak are we looking for a uh, problem with the pump or circulation or something like that or maybe even the engine cooling fan not working like it's supposed to let that engine overheat a little bit block that thermostat open then you set a code for below uh temperature below 
a recommended temp. And and that's important to understand on drivability, too, isn't it, Doc? Yeah, it, a whole bunch. You know, we've got them in, and I know you have, too, Joe, the the coolant sensor go bad, and it'll, it'll cut it at 40, minus, minus 40 degrees, and you don't get no fuel economy because it thinks it's 40 degrees outside, and it is pouring fuel through it. That's it. And, and and if the engine moderately runs too low all the time, it's got to have it's got to reach 180 degrees to change loop status, don't it? To go in closed loop. If it don't go in a closed loop, you're going to get crappy fuel economy because it's running too rich all the time. And then you're going to wind up putting spark plugs in it and yeah. other stuff. All right, keep those things in mind. It's not like it used to be in the old Nothing. days. All right, nothing's the same anymore. All right, let's talk a little bit about bumper to bumper. And what they've got going with you guys at Certified Service Centers. Uh, I know that there's things that I can't find at the grocery store. Are the, the parts uh, that are needed for fixing our cars, are they getting more and more difficult to get? Because there's a couple things going on. you got uh, the companies making the parts can't keep up because they can't get enough people working and things of that nature. Secondly... There's not as many truck drivers now, and they can't get them out to get them where they need to be. So that how's, ain't, that, how's, how's bumper to bumper getting past all this? They're like everybody else. We're all struggling. Yeah, they do an excellent job. You know, they got three or four distribution centers. You that know, they draw from. And, and, and they're from all the way from in Florida all the way up into Kentucky now. So they they, they got a really good parts distribution system and uh they're doing the best they can but yeah everybody it doesn't matter who it is everybody's going to have some struggles in certain lines of parts yeah fighting to get get the parts well you guys have been talking about specific ones here recently you would look up online and say all right the basic brake pads and rotors and stuff for this year model car instead of having five or six in stock they got one or two yeah so as that stock goes down, they're having trouble trying to replace, get it back from from to the, replenish it. That's it, and, and everybody's doing that, and we see it. So we kind of hunt around here and there, and and do the best we can because we want to take care of our customers. And a lot of times we they, we have to get them to order it from a, another distributorship they own and get it in, and it takes them a little bit extra time, a day or two, doesn't it? Doug? Yeah, it takes you a couple of days, you know. But, and they're getting it done for you, though. Most yeah. like most of the time, they're they're taking care of us. Yeah, okay. I yeah. Just, just want everybody to understand that there are a lot of issues out there right now, and it's affecting everything. What's really going to affect everything is Dave on your eighteen wheelers. How many do you see run up down the interstate every day? A lot. Okay, all these trucks have got a depth module in them, right? And if that depth module goes bad, they can drive one hundred and fifty miles, and it goes to idle, and it shuts down. And then that truck is through because there is no depth modules in the United States right at the moment. Wow. That There's makes over 30,000 on national back order. So when all your 18 wheelers start laying down there on the side of the interstate and you can't get no milk, you can't get no bread, you can't get no food. And this is all because the EPA will not get off of this. They're making it even harder now than, than it was before. But when all these 18-wheelers are sitting on the side of the road because the death module's gone down on them, and it's a death module, it's about a foot square. All right. Hold your, hold your thought. I want you to talk about it. We're going to give you more time when we come back from the break. Because we've got other people that are selling their wares here on the Dave Ellswick Show. All right. Back with you, Dave Ellswick Show. We've got uh, a few moments before we get to the bottom of the hour where we'll take another break. And 
Bill O'Reilly, a half you uh, a few words of wisdom to share with you, and then we'll uh, finish up the show on the other side of the half hour. We got another vacuum cleaner in the second half hour to give away. Yeah. Okay, so we'll want to do that. I think as I got well. two left. You got two left, but we'll give one this time and can't get any right time. now. <laughs> it's like everything else what can i tell you let's talk a little bit about those the, the deaf stuff some more because yeah. you know a, as they they're going to wear out on the other trucks so what you're saying is as they wear out and trucks can't be driven what could the epa make some kind of designator and that it can be changed in a way on the truck so that the trucks can run again right now everybody's trying I even got one that's went bad, and I went and got me five gallons of steel water, ducked the whole thing down in the water and shook it. I talked to one guy, and he said, put some Windex on it. Okay, so I pulled it back out, and I sprayed it with Windex, and he said, let it dry on it. He said, I've found a couple of them that I've got to work on. Put it back down to steel water. It worked about a day and a half and quit again. Uh, The problem is it's got three sensors. It's got one for empty. One for half full and one for full. The The middle one is the one that always gives you the trouble. And you can fill it back up. Sometimes it'll go back to work as long as you keep it full, but most time it won't. And these death modules, when they go out, you got 150 miles, and a truck goes to idle. And you're basically, wherever you're at, that's where you're going to sit until you get a record to get it to get it to you because they won't drive okay so what my, my big question is all right well we we understand that this given time because we can't get the modules for the for the trucks can you circumvent the module some way federal government don't allow you to could the epa waive the rule so that it could yes. and then everybody could then keep yes. driving yes but what seems you, like to me that that's what's going to have to happen because I can't. I'm not going to say they won't, but I'm just saying I can't believe that the federal government would willingly cause trucks to to fail, knowing that now you're going to have problems keeping things uh, keep things going. They don't care. They they well, they want to eat too. Yeah, but <laughs> you wait till they ain't got nothing to eat and see what they do. I mean, it, it's coming, Dave. There's there's over 29,000 on national back order. And you know what the ship date is? Cummins told me about two weeks ago. March the 3rd is a next ship year. date. Next year. So if you got a $70,000 Dodge truck and it needs a death module in it, you'll get to drive it 150 miles, and it'll come up and it'll tell you, you got 150 miles at reduced power. And then search counting You it got down. 120 miles at reduced power. You got 100 miles... And when it gets down to the last 20 miles, it'll it'll run about 15 mile an hour. And then when it gets that 20 miles runoff, it, all it does is idle. So what you're telling me is that by the end of this year, we're going to see a lot of trucks on the side of the road. If you look right now, you're seeing a bunch already on the side of the road. I counted 11 yesterday from the shop to North Little Rock sitting on the side. Now, I don't know what was wrong with them, cause, but they're sitting on the side of the road, seeing more and more every day. And you're seeing more and more of the older trucks getting drug out of the boneyard, put back on the road because they don't have all this stuff. Yeah, well, that's what I'm saying, though. So they're driving without all that stuff. We'll talk about it more. I got news. I got Bill Riley coming up. So let's get to him and hear what he has to say. You know, I always uh, mention people who do a good job. And uh, I crunched my front right 
border panel a few years. It's been a couple of years ago now, maybe three. That yellow pole jumped out in front it, of you. Well, it yeah, yeah. It's down in our parking area here by the building. And as I was pulling out, I was swinging to the, to the left, and I forgot there was a pole to my right, mm-hmm. and I ended up bumping it. Yeah, pretty good. <laughs> And uh, and crunched it. Well, I didn't have the money to get it fixed. Well, uh, I've been saving, and I finally uh, got the money to get it fixed. But everybody I was talking to wanted fifteen, sixteen, seventeen hundred dollars to do it. And uh, and Joe says, "Hey, I got a buddy. He's got a body shop, and they don't charge that much to do this." And uh, so we went and saw Joe Cressy mm-hmm. uh, over there in uh, North Little Rock, right? Yep. He's off uh, MacArthur Drive on Carnark Road. Yeah, so we went over there. He looked at he looked at it, walked around. He says, "Yeah, it, it did this." It, I had no idea what he's talking about. He's throwing lingo at me. I didn't understand. <laughs> and I, you know, and of course, I'm going to give him a try if he's going to come back with a decent price. And uh, Joe says, "Just send me the price, and I'll let Dave know." And it was under a thousand dollars. Yeah. We're talking at least. I saved at least five hundred bucks, and but the proof is in the pudding, and that's when you get it back. And they've mm-hmm. done a good job. And let me just tell you, that car looked brand new on the right side. Yeah, he did a good job. It was perfect. It really was perfect. Now, I'm going over, and we've had this gentleman on our our show, and I'm going over. Yeah, I've been and trying let to them. get him come back, but he's been covered. Well, up. he's busy. I, I talked to him yesterday, no, not yesterday, Tuesday, and uh, I wanted to get in and get my car detailed. Now that it's fixed on the outside, <laughs> I, I want the inside to kind of match up with the outside, yeah. and then I want them to buff up the the old stuff and, and make it look as good as the new stuff, so I'm taking it over to Mirror Image uh, there in Benton today. In fact, uh, I'm going to go over there, and, and Duck's going to bring me back to the station until... I need to go back and, and pick up my car. I might have to get a, an, an Uber or whatever to get over there to pick it up. But uh, take care of doing that. But, yeah, I'm car's going to look great again, Joe. It'll For look sure. new. Yeah, it'll look good. I mean, we've taken care of that car. That car running good. Oh, absolutely. You know, well, we do the oil changes right, and we if anything goes wrong, I get it fixed for the simple reason. If you take care of things that are small first – you usually don't get to the big ones. Now we did get to a big one a couple of years back. Yeah. When the the crankshaft broke. Yeah. And I had to put a new engine in it. But I've still got the same car I've had since twenty ten. So how many miles do you have on it when you did that, Dave? It was a. We've had to be around two seventy five. Yeah. On that. It was way. So over. it was way. You well got your money's worth. I out did. Of the motor. Yeah. Yeah. I really did. It, it was really weird. I'll never forget. I pulled out of my uh, subdivision and. I uh, I pushed down on the accelerator, went bam, <laughs> and then yep. it stopped. <laughs> that's normally where they go. That's exactly what happened, and uh, I got a hold of uh, Sonny, and uh, he found an engine for me, mm-hmm. and we put that in. That thing's run like a top ever since. But I'm big, and and because Joe taught me right, my daddy taught me right. You take care of the things that you need to take care of, like the oil and things of that nature. I haven't been able to pass that along to some of my children, but <laughs> I, I, I I try. I really do try. Well, you know, it's, it's the old people always say it paid me a little bit today, 
or pay me a whole bunch later. Yeah, I forget who was that that had that commercial, pay me now or pay me later. I mean, there's a lot of truth to that. There's a whole, you can pay a little bit of money to get your oil changed, or you can try to run sludge through your engine, and uh, now you run sludge through your engine, your engine going to stop. Yeah, I had a customer sent me a, he's got a 2017 F-250 with a 6.7 in it, mm-hmm. and uh, sent me a picture of the oil pan. He's raising cane with Ford Uh-oh. Uh, because it's still under warranty. It ain't got like 40,000 miles on it. But evidently, it ain't never had an oil change. It had three inches in the pan. Oh, that's when you get the scraper out. Yeah, they usually don't cover that under warranty. They well, he's got services from Ford. Ford been servicing it. Yeah, they and, haven't been doing their job pay for that. Yeah, yeah. That's he asked me about it, and I said, "Look, if you got where it's been serviced, he said I service it every six thousand miles. Which that's about normal for a diesel, five to six thousand. He said I got all the paperwork where." It ain't a local Ford dealership. It's one that's out of town. But uh, I said, hey, they got to fix it. If you got all, if you got all your paperwork, he said, I got every one of them in the glove box. And just look at it this way: you may have, you may not even need to have the paperwork. It may, it's going to be in a computer. Yeah, they got it on computer, you know. But that doesn't mean I'm telling you not to get your paperwork. Don't take that. That's yeah. what I'm saying. They've uh, they're trying to hit him for like twenty one thousand dollars. To put a motor in it. Ah, he's going to avoid that. Yeah, they'll they'll get it. I told him, I said, just work with them. All right, so anyway, what I was trying to make, the point I was making, because I, I paid my, it was under $1,000 to Joe Cressy, and my car looks like it's brand new again. That's good. That's great. It's it, what looks, you wanted. it looks fantastic, and he did a really, really uh, good job. You know, Joe is like me. Uh, he's not a spring chicken. No. You know? And that tell and I I like people who don't look like spring chickens because I know usually they know what they're doing typically yeah you're gonna stay in business that long uh, it's because you do the job and you do it right but man he matched it perfectly better than I won't talk about where my uh, G8 went one time and they couldn't get the front quarter panel uh, mm. to, to go yeah. along with the uh, the rest of the body. Well, this paint system now they got Dave. They can take a panel, cut a round plug out of the out of the old panel, and stick it in the machine. And the the paint mixing deal will take into consideration that thing's been faded, and it'll it'll get get it. This place close. didn't. It well, was yeah. it wasn't even close. I mean, you could look right at it and you go, <laughs> "That ain't right," you know. I won't say they used blue and the car was red, but I'm just saying <laughs> it was not. They used light was, green and it was dark green. Yeah, it was dark, dark gray versus a nice, you know, light gray, sunshine that, that gray. Was, yeah, it was beautiful. That car, I still love that car. I'd go back to it in heartbeat. I don't even think they don't make it anymore, do they? No, because it's a Pontiac. They don't make it anymore. Yeah, they don't make no Pontiacs no more. Yeah, I know they quit on those. When are they going to quit on Oldsmobiles? Because I thought I heard Oldsmobile was going to be phased out. They're still making Oses and yep. they're still promote, promoting them. And Buick, you know, they're they're promoting Buick heavily. Yeah, which Buick is selling them little SUVs that they've got. Yeah, it's, they're nice cars though. Yes, yeah, they really are nice. I mean, I would put them up against uh, some of the. Uh, oh, what what am I thinking about? I'm thinking about the. Fords that they've got. What's their big luxury car that they got out there? Lincoln. 
That's you Lincoln know. Town car. Yeah, I mean their SUV. It, it they're right with them. There's no uh, doubt they, about it. They're not even going to make any more uh, cars. There will all be some type of SUV version or something like that. I think that's what it's coming to. Yeah. Well, they said that. They said mm-hmm. that the, the the sedan was going the way of the dodo bird, evidently. Yeah. But except I'm, for some of them that are, I guess we would call them back in the day muscle cars. I mean, yeah. the Mustang's going to still well, be made. Yeah, things but of that it nature. looks like a hatchback, too. It does. Yeah. It does. I saw that. Yeah. I saw the electric mm-hmm. one. It don't even look like a, a Mustang. Yeah, you got to take a double look at it. Are you yeah. sure? Yeah, Ryan. Ryan was crying about that because he's a <laughs> he's a Mustang guy, mm-hmm. and he was really crying about that. All right, we've 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 blown through this uh, segment. We got to get a break in. Let's do that. Get it done, and uh, you know, remind you about east end towing and what they've done for you east end towing no matter what happens they can take care of it for you uh, at east end towing Uh, they're not just going to tow your car they'll tow it where you want it to go when you tell them where you want it towed to if you got a flat tire they'll take care of that Uh, they'll also take care of getting your uh, your keys out as well that's east end towing 501-888-8849 501-888-8849 and then don't forget about david lucas because david lucas has your guide to social security several of you are getting close to that the, the decisions you make on that can cost you lots of money over over time during the time that you're retired or that you're drawing uh, it's a 27 page booklet outlines what you need to know can help you get even more income when you do file for Social Security. So uh, give them a call if you're within five years of filing, 501-222-3315. And as a bonus, you're going to receive that free customized Social Security analysis that's going to pinpoint the optimal time to get every nickel out of your benefits. And the number is 501-222-3315. Before we take the break, let me remind you we have a vacuum cleaner up to be given away be the first caller at 8230965 that's uh, 8230965 and you'll be the winner of that vacuum cleaner all right back with you on the Dave Ellswick show hey congratulations to John uh from Bryant he picked up that uh, vacuum cleaner we'll we'll do one again next week uh we'll have some other people filling in I'll be fill, they'll be filling in with me You'll be doing it by yourself with somebody. There, Joe. Uh, not this Saturday. No, no, not Saturday. Saturday Thursday. Oh, Thursday? We can and, do that. Yeah, because Duck will be on vacation. Okay. Sorry, I shouldn't have said that. It's okay. And then I'm going to be on vacation. Mm-hmm. So neither one of us be here. So who's on call? Who's on I'm this I'm trying weekend? to think. Uh, nobody. It's uh, Labor Day. Well, I know. Who's, yeah, that's right. It's Labor Day, so nobody fills in. Without Ray, I think we're turning around, which should be joe the week after mm-hmm. it so is. you'll be doing it you can fill in for that right yeah for me okay yep. good so we've got all that i'm, I'm going to be gone for a few weeks folks i'm i'm leaving next thursday and i'm not coming back to the 27th i'll be on the air again and there's going to be some really good folks filling in you're going to have uh ken yang you're going to have alan kerr you're going to have kim hammer uh you're going to have i'm um, trying to think of some of the other people that are going to be filling in robert steinbach and chris corbett there's a lot of people filling in and doing a uh, a great job you will not miss anything about what's happening news wise right here on 101 we'll be up at the, the the women are going to be coming in on tuesday 
doing their thing. The Bible guys are going to be coming in to do their thing. Power panel will be doing their thing except for this coming Monday because it's Labor Day. So keep in mind, mm-hmm. I'll let you know. I'll be, I'm already going to be sitting down with, with Heidi and, and recording all of my my promos so that you'll know who's going to be there on any given day to, to meet with you here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Got about nine minutes left. Let's go to Ian. Ian uh, has, uh, what's he got here? He's got not a decent car. Where is it? i got to find where I'm at here now. Uh, yeah, Ian has a 2012 Buick Regal with a uh, four-cylinder, two-liter engine in it. Check engine light is on. Car is burning gas fast. My dad's 2012 Buick Regal has a problem where it's burning gas like crazy somewhere around 8 to 20 miles per gallon. Okay, that's a pretty wide range there. And it has the uh, check engine light on. I'm thinking it's because he uses low-grade gas, but he's not convinced. He took it to a mechanic, and they said it was some kind of gas sensor, so they replaced it, but it's still happening. Nothing else seems to be wrong, so it's pretty weird. Could it be caused by the low-grade gas? Okay. Well, if he's got a light on, he's got a coat in there for something. Yep, still uh, got something wrong. I think it's a fuel management problem. Uh, now, the gas sensor, we weren't get, been given the information about what which gas sensor, but the vehicle's equipped with a, uh, if, it, if it's a, a uh, vehicle that's built to run E85, it's got an ethanol sensor on it, right, Doug? Yes. And they're bad about if you ever put E85 in them one time and it lowers, the, goes down to that, to get it back up to the 10% ethanol gas, you got to drive it a lot, either that or go in there with a scanner and, and reset, reset it. it. Yeah. So, and you know, a car that runs on E85 doesn't get as good a fuel economy and doesn't run as well. No. So it's a lot cheaper to buy it, but the car doesn't perform and it doesn't get as good a fuel economy. Yeah, it don't last near as long as regular tank of gas. But it generally won't turn on the check engine light. No. It's got a problem somewhere. Yep. Something's going on. And it could be simple, Dave, as a thermostat. Yep. It gets stuck open. Yeah. Stuck open and it's not going in the closed loop. Mm-hmm. But don't go in the closed loop. It'll throw a code up and tell you that. And your fuel mileage is going to be bad. Yep. You know, it, it, he needs to take it to one of us certified centers. Don't say where he's at. And mm-hmm. let us and drop it off and leave it. Right. And let us check it and go through it and look at it. And we can tell him what's wrong. And what it take to repair it to get it back up where it needs to be? Well, it makes me wonder as well about you know, Ian talking about his dad. If his dad is one of the people I still see every day when I fill up at the gas station, topping their tank. Yeah, they don't need to do that. And it, that's a possibility. It, it's going to cause a problem. I'm just telling you. You know, I had a problem the other day. Our customers thought he had a problem the other day. Brought in a, a vehicle, and he said, "You know, I'm not getting the fuel economy I used to." And he said, you know, I put $20 worth in it, and I can't drive near as far as I used to. <laughs> I said, well, have you checked your fuel economy? He said, no, I just know. I said, okay. So we went and got a scanner, went and road tested. There's no codes in there. Looked at the fuel trims, Doug. One to two per, one to 2% plus or minus. Both banks. Burning perfect. Yeah, burning clean. 
the best it's going to get for the yeah, fuel ain't he's gonna got get in no it. better than that and so we advised him said you know don't just judge it by how much it costs i said because gas right now costs a dollar a gallon than it used to yeah no. more what yeah. it was six months ago so, so you get less gas 10 10 gallons of gas cost you 27 dollars and 90 cents when before it used to cost you 17 dollars uh-huh. yeah you, you know you and just actually fill it up set your tripometer drive it half a tank fill it up again check your mileage see and that's the honest way you i, I have people come in and say well my deal up on the dash says i'm getting 39 miles a gallon no that can vary yes uh, my my car i'm i'm really kind of obsessive about this Mm-hmm. I fill up, I look at how much I put in my tank, mm-hmm. and then I go and I see how much I've driven. Yeah. And I divide and I look sure. and but I look at sometimes I'm getting more than what the car says I'm getting. Yeah, and sometimes you get less. Typically, because I drive in the city a little bit when I'm in, in Cabot and go in the store and stuff, but when I'm driving back and forth and just on the highway, I'm getting right around 18 and a half. Yeah. That's but, pretty good for a 2010. But if you fill it up and write your mileage down, and then at a half a tank, you go back and fill it up again, that's actually what you're getting. It's not because the deal up on the dash takes in consideration you're setting idling right. and you're setting this, and that's why, you know. It's a calculated value. Yeah, it, it's calculated in there. And But to get the true brew, what you're getting, you need to fill it up, write it down, fill it back up. And then that'll tell you what you're doing. Well, I'm I'm typically getting better than what it says on my. That's, uh, when when you do it like computer. that by by putting fuel in it, filling it up, and then burning some out, and then refilling it and checking it against the mileage. That's in an exact, exact miles per gallon. Yes. Any car that has a fuel calculator on it, that is an calculated value. Yes. And it'll tell you your average. Right fuel economy is this yeah. it's not exact for one half a tank full it's for several tanks full if you go in there and you reset it instantly it's not going to come back up it's going to say your fuel economy is either real low and it gradually climb up or on some vehicles it's going to say it's real high and it'll gradually yeah, bring climb itself down back down yeah because it's calculating that value it's a good system because that's for idling in traffic as well as going down the highway but if you if you really want to get exact on it, that's the way to do it, right, guys? Exactly. You know, what's really fun is to get in and it says that you got. Let's say you got a half tank and you're trying to figure out what you got, and uh, you look at it and your uh, fuel economy is X, Y, or Z, and then it says how much fuel you have, mm-hmm. and because of the way it's calculating, mm-hmm. it looks like. It looks like Jesus touched touched your car and 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 turned your gas mm-hmm. into more gas. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Somebody's putting gas while I'm riding down the road. It's just funny. Yeah. It's funny when that happens. My uh, Linda looks like that and says, "Oh, the car's making gas again." Yeah. <laughs> we get a good laugh out. I, of I had that. a truck come in the other day, and the guy said, "Hey, it's it's a DT four six six International." He says, "I'm burning oil real bad," and I said, "You are," and he said, "Yeah." I said. How much you burning? He said, from Hot Springs to Benton, he burnt two and a half gallons. Mm. So I pulled up, reached over and screwed the fuel cap off. Yeah. I said, I found your oils right here. Got an injector blow between the, the fuel and the oil. Uh huh. And it was dumping the oil pressure back into the tank. Oh, yeah, Lord. Yeah, the fuel was black in it. Mm-hmm. 
That, that, I bet it wasn't running real good either. Oh, no, it'll run fine. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, it runs fine. You just notice you, you start burning a whole bunch of oil, and they pulled it and put a set of injector O-rings in it, put it back together. He called me the next day, and he said, I ain't put a drop of oil in it since then. Well, that's good. I'm but glad to hear that. It dumps back into the tank. All right, well, we'll get together talk cars again next Thursday here on the Dave Ellswick Show. Uh, Car and Truck Doctors, a best-of show uh, on Saturday because it is Labor Day weekend. So until Thursday, Joe and and, uh, and Duck, thanks so much for coming in. Thank you, Dave. We'll you, see Dave. you, and I won't see you next Thursday. I will be on the road. I'll be heading down to uh, Panama City. And don't try to rob my house. Somebody will be there, and they know how to use my 12-gauge pump. Right? Just, let, <laughs> just letting you know. I always teach the people that. My watchdog will be on. All right. There you go. Got everything taken care of. All right. We'll have, uh, I'll be back tomorrow with you in the morning, 6 a.m. Robert Steinbach and Chris Corbett.